When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Welcome to another episode of the Friends with Fantasy Benefits Baseball Podcast Team Preview Edition. I'm your host, Randy Haynes, joined tonight by Matt Cufferly. Matt, how's it going, man? Randy, too long. It's been way too long. Been way too to long. hear your voice. Um, glad to be back in it. Um, I've been jonesing for some MLB stuff. Glad to connect with you, my podcast buddy. It's been super fun. Looking forward. These team previews were you know, something super fun we did last year. It was really fun as I was doing my research to dive back in. And I think these team previews make you just so better prepared for drafts that I really enjoy just the fact that you reached out and we're talking about, you know, team previews. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. And then I realized, man, there's some really interesting things about every time you research a team. So glad to talk baseball with you for the next hour or so and looking forward to it. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man, and that's a that's a good way to tackle it. Because if you're trying to dive back into things, it's such a it's a lot to try to grasp. And going team by team is is, is kind of as as good as any, in my opinion. Um, tonight we'll be talking about the Houston Astros, which is not everybody's quite as, favorite. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> yeah. favorite team. Yeah. yeah, well, there's that part of it, but they're not quite as fun fantasy wise as they've been yeah, in the past. Sure. Um, but there's obviously still. So there's still some superstars on this team. There's some really interesting pitchers, and I think a couple guys that have the chance to flip, yeah. a, league, flip a league one or the other. So let's uh, – sure. before we hop into that, um, hit the hit the listeners with your Twitter handle and um, what you've got that you're working on. Yeah, uh, at M. Cupferly, anybody wants to engage, I think it's super fun. Um, mostly people yell at me, which is totally fair because I'm an idiot for the most part. Um, riding over at Number Fire, finishing up some – football stuff and then diving into some baseball stuff over at number fire. And then of course I host uh, a podcast too with Maddie Wood, AKA Matthew Davis um, over at FTN. Um, looking forward to that. We are Randy fingers crossed that we can host a FTN podcast out in Las Vegas in about 60 days or so. I say that with like the inflection in my voice with the vaccine and everything else going on. Uh, hope to see you know, the fantasy community, I'm not sure how that's going to look, but um, yeah, looking forward to some team previews here, um, some work at Numberfire, some work at FTN, 
just trying to get things going because, man, I think we are all ready to turn the page in 2021, get life back to normal and, and get some things going, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to Matt and Matt with the FTM podcast, it's a must must listen. Um, go subscribe to that uh, now. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at RandyHaines22. Buy the FWFB draft guide. Um, come join yeah. our FWFB Discord, which just launched uh, this week. Yeah, make fun of a Justin lot of, Mason. Lot of, yeah, you can make fun of Justin Mason. Um, you can make fun of a lot of people in there. But there's also some really good baseball talk. Uh, talking about drafts, there's some dynasty talks. Uh, there's even, you know, uh, I was talking with uh, Smata and Raycoon about hats, just collecting baseball hats before I hopped on here. Um, there's a lot of, if you're into baseball, there's something in there, trading cards. Yeah. Um, like I said, dynasty leagues, best ball. Come check it out. It's free to join. Just hit up Justin. Um, hit up Justin Mason on Twitter. All right, let's let's dive right into this with the Astros. Um, Catcher, Martin Maldonado, not the most exciting guy. There's some pop in the bat, but his batting average can just really be such a drain. Yeah, you know, decent enough OBP if you're in an OBP league. Uh, maybe if, he, if you're in a points league, he can try to help you there depending on your scoring format. He's not even currently being – not that I'm surprised, but he's not currently being drafted, at least over the last month. He's not being drafted at, in the top – 30 catchers, um, which for a 15 teamer means he's not being drafted as anybody's, you know, no one has him as a starter. Right. Basically. Right. I thought that's a little weird, um, but I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, do, do you care about Martin Maldonado or is he just, he's the no, catcher I, in a, he's the catcher in a decent enough lineup. That's going to have some really good weeks, right. but the, over the course of a season, the batting average is just going to make you want to pull your hair out. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I rostered him in a bunch of spots last year, especially even in 12-team formats. I mean, he is a guy that historically has absolutely raked against left-handed pitching, and he was disappointing for sure. Um, I think he's worth a flyer, Randy, if you're if you're looking to punt on catcher, which is a strategy that I don't necessarily espouse, nor do I think it's the is um, one that you know, you should necessarily ignore either. I, I'm kind of in the middle of that one. I, I think Maldonado in, in this day and age that we're in, and who knows what the hell happens in 2021, but we're trying to figure out how you roster your teams. What do we learn? And I think the only thing, Randy, we can take away from Maldonado is that he will catch probably the bulk of the games. I think he's a lock. I, I don't know if you see it differently. I think he'll catch 120 games if we have a full season. So, I think he's from that perspective, you can lock him in there. But to your point, he was a drain last year in a lot of categories. So tough park. It's actually uh, the Crawford boxes suck a lot of people in, but it's a, it's actually a pretty pitcher friendly park. So I'm okay uh, punting on Maldonado. What do you think about him from a volume perspective? Yeah, that's really all it is, is a volume play. I, I, I think once things really start to get settled with some of the depth charts, I mean, in the last month, like Edley Rutschman's going ahead of him. Joey Bart yeah. is going ahead of him. I mean, those guys aren't still going. Sam Huff on Texas. Maybe he breaks the, maybe he breaks camp of the team. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but those three right there stand out as by the time March rolls around, it's going to be pretty obvious yeah. that they are likely, well, in the case of Rutschman, and, and now it looks like Bart, um, especially with, they just, with them just signing Casale. They're definitely going to start the year in the minors. Huff's kind of on the fence. But once a couple yeah. of those situations get 
you know, they kind of get smoothed over. He'll yeah. he'll be going as a catcher too. You're not gonna love it. There's he's gonna catch a lot. He does catch a lot for for any catcher for sure. really. Um, but you're always you're probably always gonna be looking to upgrade. And there's gonna be there's gonna be weeks where he hits like three home runs. And you're gonna be like, oh, see, you know, everybody doesn't know <laughs> nobody knows what they're talking about. I can skate by multi Martinado. And then he'll go one one for his next 27. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell you as the guy, I did not ever get the three home runs. I got the one for 27 for sure. So uh, (laughs) yeah, and that's the other problem with him. If you do start, if you do start streaming him often on your roster with another guy playing matchups or whatever, you're gonna you're gonna pick wrong. I my strategy this year is probably gonna be to try to get someone before I have to think Maldonado as my C2. But yeah, yeah, you know, I'll take the playing time and hopefully I'll I'll be I'll be able to uh, strike gold on the waiver wire this year for catcher, right, which is right. which doesn't happen very often. But right. Uh, all right, first base, um, Yuli Gurriel, the monster, 2019, um, 31 home runs, hit 298. Uh, the batting average cratered last year in the short season. Um, he's somebody that is going to play every day. He played every day last year. The power rate. Although went down, um, homer to fly ball rate normalized back to what it was in 2018, um, 7.6% in 2018. It was 7.5 last year. The 15, believe it or not, Matt, the 15.6 homer to fly ball rate he had in 2019 was not going to repeat. Uh, but he was, <laughs> but he was, he is hitting the ball in the air more compared to 2018. Yeah. So for a full season, I don't think he falls all the way back to 13 home runs. Right, right, um, right. Probably, I don't know, settles in at like 20. I could see that. I mean, the batting average probably isn't going to stay in the 230s. Might not see 290 again, though, if he's going to be trying to hit the ball in the air more. Pick 263 over the last month. He's going yeah. as your corner. He's going as your corner, so I don't want to hate on anybody's corner pick. I, yeah. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I kind of don't care. I'm probably going to shoot for somebody with with more upside. Am I, am I just being yeah. a hater? No, am I just being a not. hater here? I mean, you are a hater, but yeah, but oh, in yeah. this case, you're not. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I think of the Gurriel brothers, we're super excited about our Lourdes and Savior, Lourdes Gurriel over in Tampa or in Toronto. Um, but little brother is, is a far better prospect currently than big brother. I mean, I think Yuli is turning. This is 36. He's, like, yeah, he's, turning he's going to be 37 season. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah. We don't think of him as being that old because they came over. Um, you know, they defected so late. But yeah. Uh, I, I mean, for me, it's a corner play. In a 15-teamer, I'm okay rostering him as your corner if you are super stacked everywhere else. I mean, the guy, uh, the Gurriel brothers have a have a hit tool. Normally, you'd see high batting average, you know, decent, um, decent, decent power. The thing I think you have to remember about the Astros is that this lineup for me, according to Roster Resource, as best we know, and this lineup seems super thin. You and I were talking about it pre-show. Feels like there's a move coming here, which could which could implicate or involve what goes next, especially in the left field position. Gurriel's yeah. currently slotted sixth. If that's the case, that's some fantasy value I can get behind. Yeah, there's gonna be RBI. Yeah, there'll be plenty yeah. of RBI opportunities for him. I mean, the guy, the corners that are going right behind him, Kyle Seager. If you're shopping in the old and boring bin, I think I'm going to take Seager. I don't think the, the steals are going to replicate themselves. Um, but I think I'd still rather have yep. Seager. Carlos Santana, I, I mean, or an OBP format with Santana yep. and Uriel or a points league, it's not close. It's Santana would be, you know, probably 50 picks higher. But 
I, and then even go for if you go a little further down, you go 40 or sorry, 30 picks later. I know it's a little skewed because he also has second base eligibility, but even just for a corner, I think I'd rather have Wilmer Flores. Uh, I just think yeah, Flores or, or is a, a better. Like yeah, him. I just think he's a better hitter right now. If you're shopping the old boring bin, I mean, there's some upside like Dahlback. Um, or if you, yeah, or like or Andrew, if, you know, Andrew Vaughn, Nate Low. Yeah. Yeah, Rowdy Telez. I mean, that's a guy that has all the world right. I mean, that's uh, a yeah. that's a guy that I'm probably buying in more. You know, Guriel, I think, has a cool hit profile, super solid, but I'm not – gosh. It's hard to figure out. I saw a Twitter dialogue about how much do you wait 2020. The reality for an aging hitter and that curve is, I mean, whether you like it or not, 2020 still happens. So Yuli Guriel, unfortunately, is a year older. He really is, and that time will not stop. So I think it's just hard to, to wrap our minds around that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm going to be owning a lot of Guriel. I mean, the price isn't the price isn't hateful or anything. I just there's right. plenty of other guys in that range. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna rather go with. Yep. Uh, speaking to somebody, I'm probably not going to own it all this year. Uh, Jose Altuve. I mean, he's at the he's one of the guys at the heart of the cheating scandal, and I I don't I don't think it affected all of these guys um, the same. Right. I. I mean, I think we'd be lying if we didn't think that it affected Altuve, both like probably mentally and then performance-wise. He's going to turn 31 this year. The steals are are drying up. You know, he's still he's still walking a good bit, uh, but you know, a 219 average was it was bad last year. Um, yeah. He's going. He's over the last month. He's going to pick 103. About. I, I'm just not interested. I mean, there's no there's no there's no speed there. Uh, you know, their the strikeout rate jumped up, the walk rate went down, the hard hit rate last year for even though it was only you know it was only a 60 game season, it still dropped by 10. percent I mean, it doesn't yep. that doesn't mean nothing. I'm just I'm I'm out. I'm not taking him. I mean, I don't. I'd rather have, we'll get to Correa. You know, Correa's going two rounds later. I'd rather have Correa just just straight up, not even not even factoring in price. Um, you know, hitters in that range, like you normally you'd say, depending on team build between him and Matt Chapman. But if you're only going to get like six steals out of Altuve this year, I mean, why even factor in the speed at that point? You know, because at that yeah, point I, you're passing up production in all the other categories for the five extra steals. Am I am I yeah. am I crazy here, or are you just no? Are you taking no, Altuve? Yeah, I don't think you are. I mean, I think that the – I mean, it's not like you're getting elite power either, right? I mean, from this position, it's kind of a weird oh, yeah, exactly. position. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, I mean, it's hard because you're not getting a ton of pop. You're not getting a guy that's – you're not you're not making the trade of like a, a – I mean, it's a probably a poor example, but like a Kesson Hira, who I think he may hit 200, but he may hit also 30 home runs. I don't know that – Altuve hits you 30 home runs, right? So I, I no, I, I, I yeah, definitely not. Yeah, here at least is going to help fill home runs, you know, fill RBIs, fill runs, and not that Altuve won't score runs as long as he's hitting first or second. Um, but here is going to steal more bags. I, th- I feel pretty comfortable yeah. saying that. Um, yeah. The guy's going right behind him, Dylan Moore. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm buying into Dylan Moore either. Oh, I love but if him. you put it, <laughs> oh dear, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, I but I mean, if you put a gun, if you yeah. put a gun, to, if you put a gun to my head, I mean, I'm take, I'm gonna take Dylan Moore, 
And then again, you go further down, Mike Moustakis, he also has first base eligibility, but you're probably going to rather use him in second. Yep. He's, he'll, he'll chip in a couple of steals. Uh, you know, there, there's not a great batting average there, but I, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to see the two ninety three hundred seasons from Altuve anymore. And Moustakis well, obviously I, I, has a I much am, more power upside. Yeah. Second, you're right. Second base as a whole is really, is really weird. It's filled with a lot of, a lot of multi, a lot of multi-positional guys. It's going to be really weird how it kind of shakes out, but it's, I can tell you one thing. Altuve is not going to be part of my second base plan this year. Yeah, I think, uh, Randy, if you look at uh, Walter McMichael and I have... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At a board bet on Luis Robert, and I am happy to bet anybody on Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore, premium hit tool. Dylan Moore actually just banged up on an injury, but has shown power speed combo. The hard part with Altuve, right, is that you are paying for a guy I think that people think uh, – Fair or not, because he's a diminutive guy, he's not super tall, he's going to run. He doesn't run anymore, to your point. He's not ru- He's not stealing. So you are not getting steals. I am planting my flag on Dylan Moore. I think Dylan Moore is a 2020 guy this year. I think Dylan Moore maybe be a 25-25 guy, super hot take. I think Dylan Moore is really good, actually. Uh, super premium hit tool. I will gladly, in that range take Dylan Moore on a crappy Mariners team than a Jose Altuve type. But I, I, mean, I think there's guys all over the place. And that's that's the hard part about this Astros roster as we continue to dig into it. There's just not a lot of speed outside of Kyle Tucker, we'll talk about later. But as a team, they don't – yeah, as a team, they don't run a lot. And I think that's part of their philosophy. But, you know, Altuve's 31. It's not – or he, he will turn 31 this season. It's not the craziest thing in the world, just in general, that he would stop running. You know, the, the speed was always going to slowly tick agreed. off. So agreed. Yep. I, I don't even, I mean, I want to say, like, if it dropped, like, 60, 75 picks, L2A's ADP, that is, that I would be in on it. But I'm, I don't even know then. I, I'm probably just going to, I'm probably going to go elsewhere. I just, I'm not interested. I think you can go to Altuve. I just think you need to be prepared for what is. And Randy, I would tell you, one of the biggest things that Brian Vogel and I learned, we draft jo- we drafted Josh Donaldson um, around pick like 80, 90, 100. So let's call it all the same range, right? And we were super quick to cut. That's the best advice I can give anybody is, as I've learned, if you're playing NFBC leagues, you have got to be able to cut when the people are not performing. And last year, again, I totally get it. Sprint season. Super messed up, no idea what's going on. But I would tell you my lack of success in years before last year was because I was holding on to guys. Josh Donaldson was the guy that I super messed up on. I kept thinking he's going to come back, he'll be fine, etc. And I cut the guy that you just asked me about, Dylan Moore, because he messed up his wrists, I think, and sat out for three weeks. I think if you take Altuve in that range that you're talking about, as as painful as it might seem, 
if he is bad for four to six weeks, is there a waiver wire option that's better or not? And that that is the best thing that you have to be ready to do, right? I, you have yeah, I think it's that, well, especially it. at middle inf- I mean, especially at middle infield, because if he gets off to a slow start, you're he probably gets you know if you're. I I know some people like to do this, you know, with their fantasy lineups. They if somebody's struggling, they you know, quote unquote, demote them to a middle infield or utility or whatever. But that's that's like a real thing. I mean, if you're if you're out there and there's a bunch of middle infielders on the waiver wire this year, and they're outperforming Altuve, and you get a rash of injuries, you know, NFBC there's no IL spots. But even in your like even in your you know other formats, dynasty, oh, not so much a dynasty league, but you know, home leagues. Uh, even if you have IL spots, there probably could come to a time where you're considering cutting Altuve if if the two. I like I said, I don't think the two nineteen is going to repeat. But I don't know. I'd be shocked if we got the two ninety seasons again. Yeah. So if you've got a guy hitting two sixty that he scores a bunch of runs hitting the top of the lineup, but he doesn't produce anything yeah. else, is it? It definitely isn't worth pick one hundred to get to get a good boost of runs. I mean, that's really what yeah. you're picking for there. So no thanks. I'm not taking him this year. I. Th- so his, his teammate Correa will go to shortstop. <laughs> it figures that uh, he can finally claim a uh, healthy season now. Um, we'll never know if he if this if we would have gotten the 162 last year if he would have stayed healthy. But uh, Correa played 58 games. Yeah. The, again, the steals are gone. I mean, if you get five, he stole zero bases last year, one the year before, three 2018. If you get five steals from Correa, I think you should consider yourself lucky. Thrilled. If you're yeah, I mean you don't project Correa for any steals. I mean, honestly, yeah. if, when you're really sitting down to do your drafts, um, but I still think there's a lot to, I still think there's a lot to like here. I mean, the walk rate dropped a little bit last year, but he also dropped the K rate, which I don't, I don't hate. I don't hate putting the ball in play more just as a whole. Uh, I, I kind of think he's, he's getting grouped in with, with Bregman and Altuve and kind of rightfully so, but I also don't hate the price. Like I mentioned, he's going, he's going to pick 130 here lately. I, I kind of like that price. I mean, shortstop's super deep, so there's a chance, depending on who your who your first or second round pick is, you might even be, could you maybe even be looking him at, at him as like a middle at this point if he slips a little bit and ends up being the best player on the board. Um, you know, you see a max of 177 over the last month. I mean, that's that's stealing in my opinion. I, am I or no. am I, is, is this is the rug about to get pulled out from under me? Or are we still Am I ignoring his injury issues just because he was able to stay healthy for 58, 60 games? And, you know, no, we would have played I another mean, two months, the injury would have come? Or, you know, or is this is this a time actually to buy back in on Korea? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a weird mix, right? If you look at his first, I think it was 216 plate appearances over those 58 games. It was one set of numbers. Then... In the playoffs, I think he had 56 or 58 plate appearances, and then he went ham, right? So I think if you combine those things together, the hard part, if you're a Correa owner, is just what is he going to do overall? I mean, he was on pace. If you combine those two seasons together and then prorate them, that's a 27 home run season, which is great, right? I mean, there, there's no debating that. I think owners are just worried about, will Correa be in the lineup or not? And like you highlighted, I mean, it's just, it's really hard to figure out. He looked incredible in the playoffs. So there's some recency bias, maybe in my own brain. But, Randy, I am struggling, too, just how to how to play as Carlos Correa because I'm not sure how to do it. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys where you're either 
you're willing to take the risk or you're not like if you've been burned before you're probably not <laughs> you're probably not going to jump back in this year you know he he proved he can stay healthy for two months it would shouldn't shouldn't be a big accomplishment but it kind of is for him you know if you look at the guys that are going around him um tommy Edmonds, one of those multi-position eligibility guys yeah dansby swanson's two rounds earlier Swanson's going to contribute in all five categories. Where, like I said, Correa is not going to help you really at yeah. all in, in steals. We still, as of this recording, don't know where Marcus Semien is going to end up. I think, kind of regardless of where he ends up, I, I think I would take a shot on Correa, um, especially depending on how my team is built at that point. Uh, but I don't hate taking Semien. I mean, Jonathan Villar is not. Uh, this is like a, a side tangent, but the, I, I, what are people doing taking Jonathan Villar at pick 148? I get it. He doesn't have a team, but there's no guarantee that the team that he signs yeah. with is going to give him more than two or three games a week. I mean, you're right. just, I mean, talk about lighting, uh, lighting your 10th round pick on fire. I mean, that's what Jonathan VR is right now. Uh, Cronenworth again, eligible first, second and short, but I like, I like Cronenworth a lot. I don't know if I like him quite as much as Correa, but that's close. Right. Um, you know, you have a little further DD. We don't know where he's going to be playing. So this this entire group has a lot of different ways that it could go. Um, Hassan Kim, I guess yeah. we'll see if that his his value is going to kind of depend on the DH. This is actually kind of a now that we're going through this. This is actually kind of a pretty weak spot um, for the position as a whole. With just a lot of guys that could that we don't know what's happening yep. in their playing time yet. So yeah, I, I don't hate the price sure. of Correa at one thirty. I I you know that's a, a long way to get there, but I don't hate the price at one thirty. I think um, I think he performed about what you would expect for him on a per game basis last year. Right. All right, Alex. Yeah, Bre- it, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's hard. No, you're fine. It's 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 hard. You're 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 spot on. It's it's a weird position with a weird fill, and that range is weird also. So, nope, you're totally right for sure. Alex Bregman, um, third base, third base only um, this year after having multi-position eligibility for a few years there. He's another one that it uh, it didn't work out too well last year, and he's another one where <laughs> you, you know if you get if you get five eight steals, you should consider yourself very fortunate. Um, I don't think you can I don't think you can really project him for much of anything in the stolen base department. Um, but I think I think he has the chance to really get back to contributing heavily in the other four categories, RBI runs. He's, I think the power, the power should be back. And I think the batting average will be back. I mean, the walks were still there. He was still walk. He's always been a great OBP guy. And the, pr- the price has come down. I mean, and it rightfully should. I mean, he was going, I, I think at some point last year, he was going late first. I think, I think things finally settled like mid second round. If I'm remembering correctly, I can maybe pull that up, but he's a uh, pick 41 right now, min of 22, a max of 54. So it's kind of a, kind of a big range, but the fact that the average pick is at 42 and the max is 54, he's going in that, you know, he's going in that third, fourth round range. I, before we, you know, before we hopped on, you were saying that you're, that you're out on Bregman. So I'm going to give this one to you. Cause I actually think, uh, I actually think he's a good spot to buy here. I think he falls into that, guys that didn't do well in 2020 that we kind of, he falls on to me for that, like JD Martinez bucket where we need to kind of, you know, we need to kind of remember what Nolan Arenado, we need to kind of remember what these guys were before they had a rough, you know, 55 games. So I think that's a totally fair criticism. I think with Bregman, you know, his numbers, I think you just have to remind yourself on when you build your team, 
And if you are rostering Bregman, I think the steals are gone, Randy. I don't know what your take is there. Maybe he chips in five to seven. But you yes, are paying for some of your power at this point, right? Yeah. So I think that's the hardest part for me is that pick 39 to, you know, 35 to 45. Let's call it whatever it is. Give a range. Um, he's hard. He's hard to roster for me as a power-only asset. I do think there's red flags there. Um I saw a lot of Twitter dialogue this week about people that are interacting and saying, you're waiting 2020 too much. You're waiting it not enough. So it is what it is. There's a lot of things that went on. I think Bregman was probably the beneficiary of, you know, in-game video. And he really did a great job because it seems like he's a super sharp hitter. He clearly has a premium hit tool and, and, and super good there too. So I'm going to take the stance of just, I struggle with him at that pick range of, is he back or not? Maybe I'll be a fool, but, uh, I mean, you sound like you're a little bit more bullish on him. Yeah, because I think think the power is going to be there. I think you can, you know, maybe he doesn't get to the 41, that 41 home runs that he had in 2019. He hit 31 in 2018, both full seasons. I think if you chop that in the middle, meet at 35, 36, I think that's realistic. Again, five steals, tops, um, you know, 100-plus RBIs, you know, probably in the 110 range, uh, because this is still going to, you know, even though Springer's looks like most likely gone, you know, Brantley, yeah. I think there's at least a chance Brantley comes back, um, but somebody, maybe it's maybe it's Eddie Rosario, I, they're going to they're gonna bring somebody into this lineup that'll that'll help stabilize it a little bit. But, I mean, I think he can, I think he can get into that 280 range with 35 homer power, 100-plus yeah. runs, 100-plus RBIs, that's a really good four category contributor and third base has a bunch of guys that are going to put up similar stat lines that were had a down year last year that I think are all buys. They're all really good values. Nolan Arenado picked 35 yep. uh, Devers can chip in a little bit more with the speed. Um, but for the most part, drafting Devers for, for the other four yeah. categories, he's at pick 41, Bregman pick 42 Rendon. Uh, yeah. Rendon pick 43, kind of the same boat. I, I I like this group. I think I'm gonna um, end up with one of these four in a lot of drafts. And I don't. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I, I would rather have Arenado. I think of the four. I would definitely rather have Arenado or Endeavors. It's really close with Bregman and Rendon. Um, but I think of if I was left with Bregman of these four in every draft, I, I I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, of those four, how do you how do you rank those four? Just in order, real quick, Arenado, Devers, Bregman, Rendon. Oh, God, I've talked about this a lot. Um, Arenado, Devers, Bregman, Rendon. I am probably the most bullish on Devers, but I think Arenado is close. Um, I think those two, to me, it feels like Arenado was clearly hurt last year, and we are not pricing that in, which is fine, and I think he's going to stay in Coors. Of course, I don't. I'm not a prognosticator. I know what he's going to do. So those two to me are a haircut above. Um, I think then Bregman and Rendon are in a grouping. The Angels are really interesting what they're doing with their roster right now. It feels like they're going for it a little bit. Um, and in a division where you've got, you know, Texas, Oakland, um, Seattle struggling, it's kind of a weird division. I, I I think they maybe think it's it's time to capitalize and as a uh, well, and the uh, and we're talking I mean, we're talking about this Astros team. They're they're down. I mean, there's no denying yeah. that they're not what they were two years ago, three years ago. 
Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I think the Angels are now. The Angels are going to need another another starting pitcher. Um, oh, but sure. they're. I think they're definitely. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tight race between those two teams, and then obviously Oakland is always going to be in play. Yep. Yeah, but this, I I like a lot of these those four third basemen especially in their price. If it stays anywhere in that range, um, that's going to be a really good buying opportunity. Very together for me for yep. sure. So. Yeah, and I think there's a reason for it. Um, yep. They're all kind of they're all coming off a down short season, so. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on the infield because uh, there's a lot of a lot of good guys to talk about, and there's some different ways things can go. I don't think this. I, I mean, right now, roster resource has Miles Straw projected in center, which I think might could actually happen. I still think they'd love yeah. to. They'd love to upgrade that. But. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But he's... Right. I I mean, he's going to give you some steals, but the drain on your batting average and, or OBP, whatever format you play in, is going gonna, is gonna to suck. <laughs> just a, there's another way to put it. It's yeah. going to suck. He's a, just a straight steals play. I don't even want to take the chance on him because I just think he's not... Yeah. He's not that special of a real life player that if Houston can find an option that they like better, he's going to go back to right. being a he's going to go back to being a bench player or possibly even, yeah. you know, he still has options left. So possibly even back yeah. in the minors. I'm not drafting Mel Straw. Um, you know, Chaz McCormick, he's a real person that exists. I would be shocked if he's their opening day left fielder. I'm right. And he's especially I mean, if they could find anything, he would get replaced. Um, so I'm, yeah. I don't even want to spend a lot of time talking about that. But both of us, I think, want to spend some time talking about the third member of this outfield right now. That's Kyle Tucker. The bright, I mean, <laughs> it's funny you see this. His service time is technically only a little over a year, but it feels like we've been talking about him for a decade. It finally happened last year, Matt. Twenty, yeah, just turned twenty-four. Um, nine home runs, eight steals. Uh, was hitting at a good spot in the order. Uh, ended up at two sixty-eight. OBP wasn't the Greatest, but you can live with it. Good slug. Are you? Are, are we looking at possibly? Is Kyle Tucker? I, I think he's already going in the second round in some drafts. Are we looking at somebody that's a perennial second rounder, and maybe even some years he sneaks into like the late first, like around that turn, depending on what the on how the player pool is shaking out that year? Or am I? Yeah, uh, am no, I getting I, too ahead of myself? No, I think he's that guy. I I really do. I mean, he is an absurd talent. I think we were freaked out about him when he did, didn't get the ABs or the plate appearances that people wanted. And then he got in there and he just was absolutely awesome. I mean, I, I truly believe and some of the brightest of the bright minds in this game truly think he's a 2020, 25, 25, 
maybe 30, 30 is, uh, isn't even a stretch. I mean, he, he really is up there. I mean, the hit tool and everything else you see, he's off the chart. So unfortunately he's the only outfielder I think you want to own. Um, there's really not anything else. I think, you know, you know, I talked about, I don't think Chaz McCormick is their starting left fielder, but for fantasy purposes, I think Kyle Tucker's the real deal. I think he hits second or third in that lineup. And I think, you know, he's just an unbelievable player. I am all in on Kyle Tucker this year. Yeah, I think he I think he has the talent to go 30-30. I don't think I don't think he's on the team that will let him get to the the 30 steals part. Um, but I don't see any reason why uh, I think 15 steals would probably be the floor. Um, unless he's just he has a rough start getting caught stealing a bunch of times and they put the they put the red light up. But I think 15 is probably the floor, maybe settles in in the low 20s. 30 homer power, definitely. Uh, you know, he's right now, again, pick, you know, call it pick 30 over the last month. There's there's a couple guys going right ahead of him that I think I'd rather have. I mean, I, I love Manny Machado. I had him in a couple of these last year because everybody just seemed to hate him and it didn't make a lot of sense. I'm not paying for him in the middle of the second round this year. I would take Tucker over him. Uh, Mondesi, I just, I can't do it. Like I get it with Alberto Mondesi. I can't do it. it. He'll never be on my team. Somebody else can beat me with him. That's fine. Bobichette's kind of the same profile, yeah. just at shortstop or similar profile, just at shortstop. Uh, you look at the outfielders going kind of just behind him. Um, I'm taking him. He's going ahead of Luis Robert, but I'm still taking him over Luis Robert every day of the week. Um, Eloy's a little different. I, I really like Eloy, but there's no speed at all there. Uh, four category monster. But there's no steal. There's steals there at all, and I do think I'm going to try to get some speed with my first couple of bats. But I I can't get him above Bryce Harper yet. But I I think somebody will do it in a couple of drafts, and I I'll tip my cap and say I, I wish I had the balls to do it. Is that you think his you think his price is still pretty good too? Yeah, I mean I would take Bryce Harper over him, but I think that's about the right. I mean I'm a big Bryce Harper guy, so. But I think you're, I mean, you're looking at a guy, I think they could really go 30-30 versus I think Bryce Harper at this point is probably a 40-15 guy. Um, but I don't think you're that far off. I think he's going to get there and there's going to be some helium for sure. Yeah, that's the other thing we haven't even factored in um, once March rolls around, if he's going to be one of the trendy guys, if he has a big spring or et cetera. So uh, we'll talk about Jordan Alvarez, who played a grand total of two games last year in the shortened season. He had... I, I can't remember if he had COVID or if he was exposed or what the deal was, but he got a late start with that. Then the rumblings with the knees, and then he ends up having knee surgery. Um, he's going to pick 90, so there's really, you know, I, I looked this up. Um, once drafts really settled with the shortened season, and I think the fact that we knew he was going to miss some time affected this, but he went at pick 128 um, on average for these for the sprint drafts. Pick yeah. 90 is not a that's that's still a pretty important pick. The the talent is obviously there, and you know I brought up Machado when we were you know when we were talking about his price compared to Tucker. It I kind of hope this follows the Machado career path where he's as a young guy Machado had some knee issues. He had surgery to repair both of them. I don't I don't know for sure if the surgeries were similar, um, but it does kind of remind me of that where we're we're scared to draft him and then all of a sudden we look a couple years later and he's relatively healthy. I mean, Alvarez does have a different body type than Machado. I don't think he's got the chance to turn into the iron man that Machado does, that Machado's kind of become here the last several years. But I mean, UT only, I, I think he's, 
he's going to decide a lot of leagues. I mean, if he goes on the, you know, the 300 plus batting average, 30 homer pace, like we saw in 19, getting that at pick 90, even though it's UT only, don't care if you're getting those kind of numbers, he could swing some leagues or if the knees are just done, if he's just like, I I don't even know really what to, you'd almost have to go to football and compare him to like Todd Gurley, you know, somebody that he's by 25, 26, his knees are just shot. Um, if he goes the wrong way, that's going to obviously really hurt your team. But I, I don't know if I'm, especially the fact that I can get JD Martinez in the, literally the same round five picks later. I'm, I'm taking JD over him, but I don't, I could see myself grabbing Jordan at least in one or two drafts. Uh, you know, Nelson Cruz is 10 picks later. Again, I'm probably still going to take Nelson Cruz over Jordan, you know, almost regardless of where Cruz's landing spot is, but where, where are you at on Alvarez's right now? So I wrote a really interesting thread, Randy, on your today that was breaking down his knee surgeries, and it kind of split him uh, apart, to be honest, which was really interesting to think about. His um, patella tendon surgery was very different than his arthroscopic knee surgery. I guess those were essentially, they did them at the same time, but those were performed and really two different rehab processes. And so everything that, that I've read is that he's actually progressing on path. And I think you have to remember, like, Jordan Alvarez was not just like, you know, an okay or an, a good bet. He's kind of a game changing bat. I mean, he was yeah, so he's one good. of the best. Just, so, yeah. It takes speed out of it. He was one of the best bats in the league in 2019. Right. And so even when his knee was bothering him, I think he homered still right before he got hurt and pulled. I, you know, I think I'm, I'm willing to gamble. The problem with Alvarez, like anybody else is, He's util only, I believe, right? I mean, he's a DH that. You oh yeah, he's. I, I would be shocked if he. I would be shocked if we ever see him outfield eligible again right. in in his career for fantasy. So that's a little bit frustrating or or difficult because you have to realize like he's got one spot and that's it. But I do believe, depending on how my team construct is, I think I'm willing to take that dart on Jordan. Um, I think he could be a winning pick, but it is super, super scary for sure. I don't even think he's though as scary as like a guy like Giancarlo Stanton, who I know is going to get hurt. I, I yeah. think that Alvarez. <laughs> I would take. Pro- yeah, I mentioned I would take you know Cruz and and JD over him. I will be taking Jordan ahead of uh, ahead of Giancarlo Stanton. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it, it it's just hard. Right. I mean, it's it's I don't know. Um, I would take Jordan over Stanton and and the ADP reflects that. But I, I it, it's all about your profile. Right. From a risk perspective. Yep. How, how lucky do you feel? And also, if you're drafting right now, it's how lucky do you feel? Um, by the time we get into late February and teams start reporting and then we go through go through a hopefully a normal spring training in terms of access, you know, to the teams and, you know, via the team's beat reporters and national reporters. Um, yeah. We'll get some news. And I think we could, I don't know if we're going to see the ADP skyrocket because I think there's still going to be people that are afraid, but I think if there are good reports, you could see leagues where there's a guy or two um, that, that wants to take that risk that is believing that, you know, Jordan, yeah, maybe he lost a little bit of weight and he's he's smoking the ball in practice and he hits a couple home runs in spring games and he says he feels good. I could see it shooting up. He's 
but he's probably going to be somebody that swings a lot of leagues at this at this ninety you know at this pick ninety price. Yeah, so that's pretty much kind of wraps up the Houston lineup. Like I said, as of right now, they haven't added anybody. You and I both think they're going to add someone. Maybe, like I said, I, I still think Brantley could come back. Um, maybe Eddie Rosario makes sense there too. On the bench, I, I've always kind of liked Abraham Toro. There's no place for him to play on this team right now. But all it would take would be an injury to um, – because he does have some some flexibility. Guriel – Bregman, even Altuve, I think Toro could fake it at second base a little bit. And then obviously Alvarez, that would put Toro in a in a prime spot to get a lot of at-bats at DH, and maybe they DH Bregman a little bit, DH Gurriel. I've always liked Toro. I don't know if it's ever going to amount to anything. Pretty much the only drafts happening right now are best balls and draft and holds. He's, he'd be one of my bench targets there. Oledmus Diaz is somebody that's always mashed lefties, but you know, he's kind of, again, somebody you wait, pick up in season, see if it looks like he's going to get some playing time, or if Houston has a bunch of lefties coming up and you can swap him in for those, you know, either in an NFC league or like a daily moves league, you know, you can swap him in there and maybe take advantage of that. But there's really not yeah. a lot else. There's just not a lot else here to, to really get excited about. It doesn't look like there's a lot of, right. it doesn't look like there's a lot of help on the way um, in terms of their farm system, at least from, um, from a hitting right. perspective. So. It's uh, it's not quite the same old Astros. Right. So we'll switch over to the right. rotation, which has a lot of guys that uh, that are gonna be yeah, interesting that man. we want to talk about. Zach Granke just turned 37. My boy. He, he not nine walks in 67 innings last year. It's just his. I mean, he's his control is ridiculous. He was still yeah. striking out a batter an inning. What scares me is. Kind of what we're seeing with stop, some of the other older guys. I'm scared, Matt. You know, we see what's <laughs> happened with Scherzer. We saw what happened with Verlander last year. Granky's his velocity across the board dropped. The fastball, especially, was down. I yep. think two. I think almost two miles an hour, or maybe even two full miles an hour. Uh, the price isn't hateful. It's outside the top hundred. Uh, he is. He is the. No, he's not even the highest. I'm sorry. He's not even the highest Astros pitcher in terms of ADP, but I just, I kind of, it's that saying you want to be out a year early rather than out a year yep. late. And I, yep. I kind of feel like I'm getting out a year early. Uh, it feels bad. I love Zach. I love Zach Greinke, but uh, yep. talk, try to talk me into it. I'm still, I can still be talked back in. So here's my thing. And I, I wrote a column uh, a little bit ago over at number five about boring wins leagues. Right. And, and I think, even when I did my first set of rankings, because I did them, and you were talking about doing your first set of rankings, because I so Randy, I went and pulled mine. I didn't even have Granky in my top twenty-five to thirty. Like that's how, and I'm a Granky guy for sure. So here's here I did, I did some research on him. You know, K uh, K rate was so great. Obviously, you highlighted no one no one's questioning that part. You know, no worries on commander control, super low walk rate, low home run rate. But what baffles me is he has the almost identical swinging strike rate for like the last five years. So I know the dude is super quirky and I know his velocity, like he'll go and fuck around and do a, a, a he'll throw like 81 for an entire start. He's <laughs> just not there. Yeah. And then he still gets like, you know, 11 swings and misses. Like, it's totally nuts. I went to Alex Chamberlain's um, pitch leaderboard. That is an amazing tool if anybody wants to see it. And Granky with 
uh, with pitchers that had 80 batted ball events or more, he ranked sixth in called plus swinging strike rate overall for all pitchers. All. I mean, a guy that's on. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. 35.7% on his fastball. I mean, I get it. It's like super slow. You're like, what the hell is going on? Maybe there's a surprise element. The guy is just getting it done, period. So I think if we're sleeping on him, I get it. I am with you. You do not want to be a year too late. I totally understand. But pitcher-friendly ballpark, team that'll be okay, division that's decent. It's a good division. It's a good division to pitch in now that Texas has their yeah. has their new new Texas stadium. Um, it seems to yeah. be pretty pitcher-friendly based off last year. But it's a good it's yeah. a good division to pitch in. You're right. Yeah. Um, he's going right next to Charlie Morton. If we're going to talk about the old guys, I will take Granky over Morton. Uh, Mort- what happened with Morton last year scares me more than anything that happened with Granky. The guys that are going right ahead of him, some of the younger guys, I, I don't know what to make of either one of Chris Paddock or Julio Orias. I'm kind of, I'm kind of more out on Paddock than I'm Orias, but both there's kind of sure. warning signs with both. I love Jesus Lazardo this year. I would take Lazardo over Granky. I'd take Granky over Bundy. I mean, I don't that, right now. If you take the closers out, we're probably about pitcher, pitcher thirty-five ish, give or take a couple yep. of relievers. But yep, I don't find the thirty-five somehow. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'd probably maybe I don't hate him as much as I thought. Like I still think I would take him over Ian Anderson. Zach Wheeler is the guy. You know, I've been a fan of Zach Wheeler for a long time. I don't know what the hell he did with his with his pitch mix last year, throwing a sinker so much. I right. hope that doesn't continue. I uh, we'll see what we'll see how that looks, you know, come March. Maybe I'll take Wheeler over him, but I think I we'll we'll talk about Valdez next. Kyle Hendricks, I think I'm. Then am I really going to take Kyle Hendricks over Granky? I'm complaining about velocity, and then I'm going to take Hendricks. So maybe I'm slowly, maybe you're talking me into Granky, and I'm slowly talking to myself when I really sit down and compare him <laughs> one by one to these good pitchers. Yeah, but. Let's uh let's hop right into Valdez then, since I kind of just brought him up there. Yeah. Uh, over the last month, pick 87. He's somebody I've been a, a kind of wanted to see get a shot for the last couple of years. He bounced around in the bullpen, made some spot starts, was in the minors a good bit. Always had really good stuff, lots of strikeouts. The walks at times were just just straight up nightmares for him, and he right. was able to really bring that down. You know, in the shortened season last year, very impressive. Steamer um, is kind of buying in on what happened last year, even though, you know, even though it was only, let's see, he made like eight, uh, like nine starts last year, a couple of relief appearances. Um, They have him, you know, they have him projected for over a strikeout in an inning. They have the walks coming back up, but at the end of the day, they have him for a 3.57 ERA with over a strikeout in an inning. I I don't, uh, it's just, I, I know the walks, the walk issues he's had in the past. I can't do it at this, at this price anyway. Pick 87, you know, going ahead. We just talked about some of the guys that are ahead of Granky. You know, to him going in the same range as like a Barrios or Kyle Hendricks, that that worries me. He's not that far. He's he. I'm sure there are drafts where he's gone ahead of Hinjin Ryu, which is just crazy right. to me. Um, uh, where, where are you? Where are you at on where are you at on Valdez? I mean, do you yeah, do you no, think last year was real with the with the with the walk rate improvement, or are no, we? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. 5%, 5.6% walk rate last year. Total aberration from what he's done in the minor leagues, which is you know hard to swallow and, and get around. Super elite ground ball rate, so I'm excited about that. But a 10% swinging strike rate, that's not bad, but that's basically league average. I am 
I like Valdez. I love that curveball, but there are some major red flags for me. So I'm probably not buying him in that pick range because it's so high. But that's, you know, just me. Yeah, and it wasn't one of these seasons where you see where it was all Babbitt-fueled. His his Babbitt was 312, which was in line right. with the 319. It's funny, you know, as mostly a reliever and with a couple spot starts mixed in, in 2019, he threw the exact same inning, 70 and two-thirds, in 2019 and 2020. Uh, so he's one of those few guys that you can actually compare his 2019 yeah. with uh, because it was the same amount of innings. But the, I don't I don't buy the I don't buy the walk rate improvement. I'm not no. saying guys can't improve, but that's a huge jump. And I don't not at that not at that price. I'm, I can't do it. I've, yeah. I've, wanted, I've been wanting to see him get a spot in the rotation, and it yep. just it finally happened because they had all the injuries. But I, I was shocked when we first really started to dig into this. I was shocked to see where his price was at. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. All right. So not too much further behind Granky is Lance McCullers going at pick 125. Uh, over the last month. So he's still in that same range with, you know, Paddock, Orius, Granky, Morton. Then you've got Pablo Lopez. I'm a huge fan of Pablo Lopez. And then you come to Lance McCullers. And he's been a tease for a long time. They've been very careful with him. He's had injuries. Last year, he was he was really good. And then you see that he had two starts, one against Arizona, uh, where he gave up, I believe it was eight earned runs. He had a start against the Angels where he did not record an out. And I know you can't, I know those starts still happen. You can't take them away. But everything else he did last year was really good. It looked really legit. Yeah. I I think it's fine. Is it fine? It's got to be finally time, right? Like it's finally time for McCullers to be, I don't think he'll ever get to maybe that ace level. Some people thought he would be, but age 27 season. Is, he, is this finally the year where Lance McCullers has his like SP2 level season? And maybe this time next year he's going. I don't. I don't want to say he's going in around like three, but could he maybe be going in like round five this time next year if he has a, if he has that season that I think everybody thinks he could have. Yeah, I think McCullers is kind of the last interesting guy in this rotation. Um, I'm not a big Urquidy or uh, say so don't or don't, don't no Urquidy slander yet. We'll get we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean McCullers, there's a lot of cool things to like. I mean pitch mix is great. You know, kind of a 40-40-20 mix between fastball, curveball, changeup. So you love he's mixing everything in. The walk rate is a bit elevated, but that 60% ground ball rate is just super juicy. 11.4% swinging strike rate. I'm in at the price point. I think he is very intriguing. He clearly is willing to flip that curveball over. So I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I uh... – I, I'm a big Pablo Lopez fan. I, I know for a f- I still remember this. I, I was the guy that set the min on him in TGFBI last year. That was my like my, claim, my claim to fame. My claim to fame for 2020. Uh, but I, I think I'm taking him over Orius. I'm definitely taking him over Paddock. I think I might love Jesus Lazardo too much, but I'm taking Lazardo over him. But he should be for me. He should be bumped up at least. I think at least a round, and I'd still be able to. I'd still be sure. willing to buy in. So all right, well, you know, we'll talk about Arcadia real quick. He had a just a nightmare year last year. I think he, I think he did have COVID. I mean, I know he was like on and off the COVID list. You, you got to right. think he had it at some they, point. They never really said it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that's fine. It's if he didn't want people knowing that that's totally totally fine. Uh, the strikeouts were down though. It was only but it was only five starts. You know, he threw twenty nine innings yeah. over those five starts. 
the 273 ERA is really nice and shiny. And then as you start looking at some of the underlying numbers and the if he would have continued pitching the way he was pitching, it would have it would have come crashing down very, very quickly. 541 Sierra to go with that 273 ERA. But I kind of I kind of want to just throw it out because I don't know. I mean, we I, I don't know if you saw the uh, the interview that Yon Makata did earlier this week. I believe it was with the Athletic saying about how you know having COVID really really affected him, um, and you, it showed yeah. in his performance. Uh, I did the White Sox preview uh, with Daniel Ryder the other day, and you know, it was pretty it was pretty stark you know how bad Makata was. And I kind of I kind of just want to throw Rakiti in that bucket. Is what's yeah, and you see the 41 innings he threw in 2019. Again, 41 innings isn't a huge sample, but that was it was a good 41 innings. 3.95 ERA. It's backed up by a 4.03 Sierra. You know, you have a, a good enough strikeout rate, a good enough swing strikeout rate. The walks were under control. So, is there is there something I'm missing here with Arkady, or talk, talk to me about Arkady? You know, for him, I just I think it's the lack of strikeouts. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, for uh, I just. I don't see him generating a ton. Um, I liked her kitty a lot. I think I'd rather invest in Javier, but to me, Randy, I don't know that I really love either one. There's just maybe, and again, it's hard to figure out how much to place in this shortened season. So maybe with COVID and everything else, we need to wait and see. Maybe he's a great wave wire ad or however you look at it. I just, I don't know that, I'm going to draft a lot of shares of him, to be honest. Yeah, I don't. I, I do think he's going to be drafted um, in pretty much all these. Maybe you're real shallow. Um, if you're no, playing like I, 10, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, guess maybe, yeah, I think if you yeah. play like anything ten, like ten or fewer, maybe he doesn't get drafted yeah. there. Um, but I think he'll go in pretty much all twelves, um, right. and obviously he'll yeah. go in anything fifteen or larger. But I, I'm kind of, you know, maybe I shouldn't pick and choose who I'm throwing last year out with. But I think when you have a you have the season he went through. I think there's, I, I think there's some basis for right. throwing it out. Uh, so you, you like how you say you like Javier a little more, or you're still kind of, kind of maybe sorting through that. Cause it's interesting that right over the last month, Javier's pick two thirteen, yeah. Jose Arquiti's pick two sixteen. So they're going, they're essentially going back to back. Yeah. Javier's so he's a guy. I think you ha- no, go ahead. I think he's a guy you're, you're going to have to watch of. Could he be, you know, get dropped if he's not on there. And then I think you have to just start wondering, maybe he becomes available in that free agent scenario, because I don't, I just don't know that I see a path, Randy, where I'm rostering him a lot, especially in 12s. I think there's other plays I'd rather have, especially if there's a lack of strikeouts, like I'm currently seeing, but maybe I'm being just too negative on the strikeout only component. Yeah, Javier, yeah, he, came, he started the year, made a couple relief appearances, was forced into the rotation again with the nightmare season Houston had from a pitching perspective. And he had a couple of really, I mean, the the start against the Dodgers, everybody remembers. But this, even though the strikeouts look nice, you see an 8.7% swing strike rate, and I don't see how that K rate repeats if he's going to have that few swing strikes. You know, the 348 yeah. ERA... The, you know, it's only backed by a 4.43 Sierra. I there were, since since they are literally going back to back. I think I'm going to take yeah. Yeah, pretty much every time. And I kind of worry okay. about I, I kind of worry about Javier's job security. I, I think they could maybe add a veteran guy. Uh, you know, maybe they're maybe Forrest Whitley becomes a thing. I mean, I guess we got to mention him at some point. 
I don't know what to make of Parts Whitley. I'm not I'm not drafting him in anything more than a draft and hold. But if he sure. can turn things around, he I think Javier if he's struggling, he gets I think he gets the boot just flat out. You know, I mean, Brandon how, how Brandon Belak and Josh James are still on yeah. this team. I don't. How often a year ago were we talking about Josh James, right? To your point, I mean. Oh, we I mean, Josh James was everybody's everybody's darling, and he. Yeah. I, I mean, he walked everybody. His walk rate was ridiculous, and I think yeah. his just his command is just so bad. I think James For really, sure. unless he makes some huge strides this off season, yeah. I, I don't see how he's anything more than a reliever. But they might be forced into a situation where if Javier's not getting it done, maybe they throw James in there. I, I don't think I'm really yeah. learning a lot of Javier. I, I am a little surprised um, that his that his price isn't higher. I kind of thought he yep. might be – I kind of thought that maybe there's a chance that people would remember the start against the Dodgers and a couple of the other nice moments he had. I think there was a good start against – I want to say Oakland that was in there. I'm surprised he's not up there in like the Dustin May, Herman Marquez, yeah. Mike Soroka range. Uh, you well, know, I, bump, I bump him up about I, I'm not, I'm I'm not saying he should be there. I would say, yeah, I would take all those guys. Tyler Molly's in that range. I would take all those guys over him. I'm just saying I'm surprised that the drafting community as a whole hasn't pushed him yeah. up into that like 150 to 175 range. No, I was just going to be super, uh, be a super asshole and say I will, <laughs> I won't own Dustin May at all this year because I think he's super overhyped. But yeah, that was think, more of a yeah, shout out to my someone, podcast. Yeah, he's someone that did. Wood, who loves him. So. Uh, yeah, you can't talk bad about the Dodgers when when Matt's around, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Once, yeah, sure. made it one sixty-five. I'm not, I'm not drafting Dustin May at that price. Yeah, gross. I will be drafting Tyler Molly at one sixty-nine. He's uh, going. Hello, I love yes. Tyler Molly. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, stay out of my and Frankie Montas at one fifty-nine. Uh, yep. Stay out of Take my drafts. Stay out stay of Randy. <laughs> uh, the bullpen's pretty set, I think. Uh, Ryan Presley, yeah. barring any kind of crazy, unforeseen injury, um, should start the year as a closer. They did yeah. actually a few hours before recording this. Um, signed, speaking of the Dodgers, uh, signed Pedro Baez. I think he, if anything were to happen to Presley, I think he'd probably get the first crack. Um, but. Yeah. Anoli Paredes is kind of interesting. He walks a little too many guys. Yeah. Andre Scrub, he's got some strikeouts, but also walks too many guys. Yep. Ryan Stanek was brought in after his miserable year last year in Miami. Yeah. I don't think he would be – I think he'd be way far down the list in terms of getting saves. There isn't a lot – I mean, Blake Taylor's a good lefty, and he's somebody that can get you – he's not just your traditional loogie. I mean, he can get you multiple outs. So maybe he has yeah. value in mail only or draft and hold if you just want a really good reliever to plug in there. Um, it won't be such yeah. a thin, but there's not a lot happening in this bullpen. I mean, yeah. you kind of agree. It, yeah, it's pretty simple. I think it's Presley, and for the right pi- price, you draft him. But uh, you have to worry about a whole lot of others, like you mentioned. Yeah, I do think since this is now we're in full-blown draft and hold best ball season, I think by is the guy, if yeah. you want to speculate – if something sure. happens mostly injury wise, he'd be the guy you go with. So I think that kind of yeah. wraps up uh things with Houston. Anything else uh yeah. with this team before we before we sign off? No, Randy, great, uh great catching up, great talking baseball. Uh looking forward to I think you and I are doing the Cardinals. Ugh, that is, yeah, that's your my, team, man. Might peak in my excited. mouth a little bit as I say it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Matt's coming back now. to the Cardinals with me, and then we'll maybe hop on one or two others before these yeah. wrap up. But uh, before we sign off, 
go by the draft guide, uh, sign up for the yeah. Discord. It's free. It's a great time. Uh, Matt and I are both on there. So, uh, for Matt Cufferly, I'm Randy Haynes. Thank you, everyone, for listening.